It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is February 7th, 2020. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk about the Magic's frustrating and difficult loss to the New York Knicks what that means for the team moving forward, especially in light of the trade deadline passing, and we'll talk about the Magic's acquisition of James Ennis. Before we get to any of that, though, I do want to remind you all that you check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching Review Download Podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the New York Knicks perspective on this game? Check out Locked On Knicks. Want to get the uh, get a preview of Saturday's game against the Milwaukee Bucks? Check out Locked On Bucks, a big win for Milwaukee over Philadelphia on Thursday. No matter which team you're interested in learning more about, which team you love to hate, which team you like, or which team you just kind of just feel indifferent one or are thinking like, hey, I, 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 what's, what's going on with them? You can find a Locked On podcast for you. Plus, we've got great national podcasts breaking down the, the trade deadline in the Locked On NBA. Locked on fantasy basketball for the fantasy perspective, rejecting the screen and the Duncan and Hollinger NBA show. No matter what sport you're interested in, whether it's the NBA, NFL, MLB, college, or NHL 2, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Just search wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. I want to preface everything I'm going to say in this recap of, of the Magic's loss to the Knicks by first saying kudos to the Knicks for playing well, continuing to push hard, and finding a way to win this game. They went out and took the game. They made the plays they had to. You know, record, as Steve Clifford often says, records don't matter. A team that plays hard, a team that plays well in the NBA can beat any team. And when you're a team like the Magic, a team that is a playoff team. And let us I don't care what anyone says, like whether they finish under 500 or not, they're one of the eight best teams in the East. They are a playoff team. And, 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 and they should be. If the Magic missed the playoffs this year, it is a massive, massive, massive failure. As I said before the season began, it is a failure if the Magic missed the playoffs this year with how bad the East is. If the Magic are not one of the eight best teams, it is a massive failure. One that probably deserves... Much bigger changes than, than the changes that even I think, or probably even you think, uh, deserve to happen. So, I'm going to treat this team like a playoff team. And, and playoff teams find the composure and find the way to win games like this one. Playoff teams may falter a little bit against teams like the Knicks. 
Again, no offense. I'm not here to offend the Knicks. They played well. They deserve to win. But playoff teams find ways to win this game. They overcome their own mistakes and they find and they find a way to close things out. And guess what? After falling behind by 13 in the first quarter, playing very sloppy and lazy and unacceptable basketball, the Magic came back in the third quarter. They played exactly how they need to play. Defensively, offensively, the whole nine yards. Picked up a 10-point lead with seven and a half minutes to play. And from that point on, the Magic went back to playing unacceptably again. The Magic have lost to the Hawks twice this year. One, Trey Young was brilliant. The other, they just didn't they just didn't have offense to, to, to play. To me, this is the most embarrassing loss of the season. Up by 10, yes, on the road on the second night of a back-to-back, but up by 10, and the Magic proceeded to give the game away. That Hawks game, at least the Hawks beat them. You know, the Magic just didn't have it that night. You know, not a good loss. Warriors game, same thing. Warriors went out and beat them. This game, the Magic gave it away. In every sense of that word. It was a failure on all levels of the, of the game. You know, again, against the Warriors, offense just didn't work. And this team isn't good enough offensively, and, and their defense isn't as good as it was last year. But against the Hawks, that second game, the Hawks beat them. You know, they made shots. Magic didn't. You can live, live and die on a team miss, making or missing shots. What you can't live on is a team not getting offensive rebounds, not getting rebounds. You can't live on a team that is turning the ball over with four turnovers in the final four minutes, and Steve Clifford said two really bad ones. The Magic let a 10-point deficit turn into a seven, or 10-point lead turn into a seven-point deficit with about two and a half minutes to go. And honestly, again, I don't mean to offend the Knicks, but I'm going to offend the Knicks here. The Magic came back in this game, had a chance to still tie or win it because this is the Knicks. And honestly, it might have been better if the Magic had just gotten their asses kicked. Apologies for using that word, but it it needs to be used. It might have been better just to get get beat down and embarrassed by this team rather than still have a chance to win because then at least you might learn something. That... The approach, the attention to detail that you have been playing with for the last four weeks when the Magic have lost 9 of 11 is simply unacceptable. And that's where we're at with this team. 50 50 games into the season now, we are still searching for the consistency and attention to detail that made this team not just seem like a playoff team last year, but a dangerous team down the stretch. Right now, it feels like the Magic are making the playoffs by default. And, you know, I, that is a check mark. I, 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 I hope I've been clear on this. That does not make the season a success in and of itself. It, it prevents the season from being a failure. But as Steve Clifford said last year, we didn't make the playoffs by backing into it. We made the playoffs because we went out there and got in. We earned our way into the playoffs. This year, we are still waiting for this Magic team to earn its way in. Andrews have played a role. You know, no denying that. They're not playing with the full deck of cards they thought they'd have. But it's all the other things. It's the same inconsistencies. It's the same things that we know this team 
can play better. We know they're making mistakes that we know they don't usually make. It's those things that drive everyone crazy. And for the last two games, and Boston Boston beat them. They, they probably weren't going to win that Boston game. But the last two games, the Magic uncharacteristically had a lot of turnovers. 17 against Boston, 21 against New York. And these weren't aggressive turnovers. These weren't turnovers where, where you know, you're trying to make a good play. You're trying to, you know, squeeze, you know, make, make an aggressive play. These were lazy turnovers. Bad passes. Non-forceful passes. Non-forceful passes, just going through the motions offensively, to be frank. And the defensive intensity certainly hasn't been there of late. And again, it just all adds up to a team that isn't in the right frame of mind. To a team that isn't taking that necessary step. You know, I, I, I know I stirred a little bit of controversy by breaking down that last play. You know, with the Magic down by two, Orlando did get the stop that they needed. Down by seven, the Magic started, that, that woke the Magic up. That snapped into attention. And credit to Nikola Vucevic, who had a really strong second half after showing visible signs of frustration in the first half. Carrying, it really carried the team offensively back into this game. The Magic got to the foul line. They, they got stops. They moved the ball. I mean, it, the first half with how poorly the Magic played, it was never going to feel like a great win, but you take the win where you can get it, and it seemed like the Magic had righted the ship. But the fourth quarter, the last seven minutes of the fourth quarter, were just a disaster on all levels. Magic started taking quick shots. They stopped attacking the basket. They started turn the ball over more. They gave up three-pointers. They gave up offensive rebounds. There's one sequence uh, when the Knicks finally tied the game where Reggie Bullock missed a three from the corner, got his own rebound, missed another jumper, w- went across the court to get his own rebound, and then found Alfred Payton for the game-tying three. That, that, that play to me was just completely unacceptable. Completely unacceptable. So with the Magic down by seven, they came back. Vucevic hits a three to cut it to five. Uh, Ross misses a three, a really bad shot. But Orlando gets a stop. Fultz gets gets a basket and, and one, cuts it to two. And then the Magic get their stop to give themselves a chance to win. The Magic, it seemed like the plan was get the rebound and go. Try and beat the Knicks down the court. Don't let them get set. And Vucevic gets the ball to Fultz. He pushes it ahead to Carter-Williams. Carter-Williams doesn't have anywhere to go. He gets it to Fournier. And Fournier is essentially playing one-on-three because the rest of the team hasn't caught up to him. The spacing's terrible. And Fournier ends up tripping, trying to call timeout. He actually travels. Trying to call timeout and unable to get it. Clifford on the sideline, seeing things breaking down, tries to call timeout too. And it was just a disorganized mess. And everyone deserved blame for how that final play went. It was just a disaster. And frankly, the fact that that was a disaster, the fact that the team couldn't 
run in transition and get a decent shot or set themselves up for a secondary break, even with that little time, that part's concerning too. You know, Steve Clifford talks a lot about being organized and, and being in the right spots. And, you know, one of the reasons why I don't think this team runs in transition is because they're terrible at running in transition. <laughs> Fultz is the only guy that really pushes the ball with any, with any you know, umph. Carter Williams is too, but no one run, run, ran with it. No one ran with Fournier and Carter Williams. No one was running. No one showed the urgency that that late game situation required. Again, just a, a massive failure on, on all fronts. And really a symbol of how bad this game was for the Magic. Frankly, you know, Clifford says this, and I agree with him on, on that front. It doesn't matter who you play. It doesn't matter what the record of the other team is. If, if you do not play to your identity, if you do not play the way that you need to play to win games, you're going to lose to any team in the NBA. This Magic team has a small margin of error. They cannot turn the ball over. They cannot give up offensive rebounds. They cannot have lapses defensively. They cannot settle for three-pointers, which they did a lot. They shot less than 30% on three-pointers once again. They cannot do any of that stuff. And yet, the three-point trap is one they fall into constantly. And once again, their rebounding wasn't at the level it needed to be at. And... They turned the ball over way too much to have any chance to win. The New York Knicks defeat the Orlando Magic 105 to 103. Orlando goes one and two on the road trip. They've lost nine of their last 11 games, but still maintain a three and a half game lead on the Chicago Bulls for the final spot in the playoffs. They are now two games back of the Brooklyn Nets. The Magic still play the Nets three more times this year. Uh, those are big games, obviously, because I think we all want to avoid seventh, because if you're eighth, you're playing the team the Magic plays Saturday at the Amway Center, the Milwaukee Bucks. playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs mark your calendars to listen to locked on nba every monday to be up to date locked on nba available on youtube and wherever you get podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Before uh, we move any further, you know, we're a basketball, we're a basketball podcast, so we're, we're talking a lot about physical fitness, but there's another side to the game that's just as important, and I'm, I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can keep your train, keep you, tra- help you, sorry, train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. I, I clearly need some calm. I, I needed some sleep last night, so I wasn't able to record this podcast until the afternoon. Um, so definitely maybe something I need to invest in to, to make sure my mental health is good too. Uh, for LeBron James, sleep is an important part of his mental fitness routine. He says, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. And seeing how he flew to the basket at his age, Seems to be working. 
If you head to calm.com slash locked on NBA, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. With Calm, you have access to the nature scenes LeBron loves, like rain on leaves, and so much more, like sleep stories and meditations. For a limited time, again, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on NBA. Unlock content to help you focus, e-stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on NBA. That's calm.com slash locked on NBA. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who can help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Before we get any further, let's run through the final box score for you real fast and we'll talk about the James Ennis trade as the trade deadline passed on Thursday. Um, Nikola Vucevic leads the team in scoring with 25 points, 9 for 13 shooting, 3 for 4 from beyond the arc, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, and 3 blocks. Um, Vucevic played possessed this game. Um, he was very, very clearly frustrated with the team's effort and his own effort in the first half. Um, on a late foul, I believe it was on R.J. Barrett. Um, it might have been Alfred Payton, actually. But on a late foul, you know, he got called for an and-one foul and slapped the basket stanchion and, and, and just very clearly just you know, kind of pause reaction and then just turned angrily at the stanchion and slapped it. That's an automatic technical foul and, and, and in a two-point game that probably ended up mattering in the end. But um, but it's very rare to see Vucevic that visibly frustrated. And at least offensively, I think he channeled it in the right way. Um, you know, he came out of the locker room and had a fantastic third quarter. He shot the ball really efficiently. And, and this is the sort of offensive effort that the Magic need from Nikola Vucevic. Um, he was... Smart with the three-pointers he took. He kept the ball moving. He finished around the basket. He attacked the glass really well. Um, Just a a really solid offensive game. A big reason why the Magic were able to climb back into this game. Um, And again, he was really the calming force for the team. And honestly, with the way this game was going, I I think I would have preferred calling a timeout and trying to set him up for for a play or set up some pick-and-roll with that little time the Magic had remaining, you know, probably with faults because of the way he was playing offensively too. But um, a good offensive game for Nikola Vucevic, which is a good sign because, it, you know, Vucevic has had his struggles shooting the ball this year. However, his defense certainly left a lot to be desired. Taj Gibson had kind of a free reign uh, in the paint, as did Julius Randle. That was more of an Aaron Gordon issue. Um, both both bigs for the Knicks gave the Magic a ton of problems. Uh, first half was just really not a good effort by Vucevic defensively. He got beat in transition a lot of times. There's one play where Mitchell Robinson blocked his shot, and Robinson beat him down the floor. Vucevic was seen kind of pointing to Aaron to take Robinson, but that honestly, that that's on Vucevic. He's got to hustle to get back. I thought his effort was better in the second quarter on that front, but just the, the, the defense overall just wasn't all together there, especially in that late stretch. And 
you know, I, I think what the Magic are really looking for, and, you know, we could dive into some trade deadline stuff here in a bit, but I think ultimately what the Magic are really looking for on both ends, and, and Jonathan Isaac, I think, provides this defensively. They're looking for playmakers. They're looking for a guy who will kind of take the game over. And, and I don't mean necessarily take the game over offensively with the scoring, but when the team is stuck, when the team is in a bad spot, they need a guy that will just make a play that snaps everyone back to attention or or kind of forces a team along with him until they get things sorted out. Um, again, Jonathan Isaac, I think, has the potential and was doing that a lot defensively. Uh, you know, I, I don't think we should understate how much this team is missing Jonathan Isaac and so much of what they did do was built around what Isaac can give them defensively. So they are missing a big piece of that puzzle. Um, I mean, I think that that is just abundantly clear. And, you know, this is a kind of game that would call for a Jonathan Isaac play. Just, just even the threat of Jonathan Isaac, I think, changes a lot of things. And so, I, I, I you know, obviously you have to, they, they played without him for a while now, you know, a full month, but... It's certainly been a struggle without him, uh, and, and I think teams are taking advantage of it because, you know, Nikola Vucevic is this team's leader. He is the team captain. He is the best player on the team, but he is not someone that takes over games, and again, that's that's not his fault. I, I would argue that the Magic's biggest problem is they have a lot of really nice players, but they don't have that one guy. Uh, they don't have that one guy that kind of makes everything work and puts everyone in the right roles. I mean, I think we all complain about Evan Fournier and how he takes over games, but the bottom line is who else is doing it? You know, Markel Fultz isn't quite ready for it, and I'll talk about Fultz here in a minute, but um, it, it's it's just been a difficulty to to get that guy to kind of make everyone work, to put everyone kind of in the right spot. I mean, again, you talk about organization, and, and organization means, you know, playing, you know, within the plays and playing within the system and, 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 and getting everyone going so the offense is constantly moving, but organization is also about making sure the right guys get the right shots and, and kind of establishing a little bit of that pecking order, so to speak. And, and, you know, a lot of it does fall on the point guard. And that's why I think we do have to talk about Markel Fultz. Well, Markel Fultz had a very nice offensive game. 16 points, 6 for 9 shooting, 4 for 4 from the foul line, 6 assists. Did a lot of really nice things. He was really good offensively, good at getting to the basket, um, good at kind of initiating offense in a lot of ways, but he was also really bad in a lot of ways. And I would honestly say... You know, for a game where where Fultz was so good offensively, this I just I didn't feel like this was one of Fultz's best games. And actually, I would I would argue that this was probably one of Fultz's worst games this season. And and again, the fact that he scored so much, the fact that he could still make such a positive impact, kind of underscored to me the negative impact that he made. I took some heat because in, in the heat of the moment, in watching in watching the play live, um, I, I put blame on Markel Fultz for that last play. I, I don't think it was his fault. Um, I, I think that I would have preferred that he would have kept the ball, but he made the right call once Vooch gave him the ball to try and push it forward to Michael Carter-Williams. But at the same time, he is the point guard. He is the one that controls the tempo of the game, controls the organization of the team in those moments. Uh, and, and not necessarily I would have preferred him to bring the ball up because pushing it ahead to Carter-Williams got the ball quicker up the court. I think that's a moment where he needs to be the one that takes back control of the game. That says, timeout, slow down, let's make sure we get a good shot here. And again, there wasn't a lot of time left, but the, the, the team's overall organization in that last minute was was very poor. But it, it wasn't nearly as much of Fultz's fault as as I thought it was at the beginning. Um, I, I'm, put, I'm putting a little bit of pressure on the kid because he is the team's point guard. I want to see him take, take you know, leadership and control of that game. But 
as I often tell you, the last play of the game is not where games are won or lost. And, and I think in, in the tweet that I sent, my original statement was true. Markel Fultz looked like a rookie through and through in this game. He made a ton of mistakes. He was not good in this game. Even though he scored, even though he put up points, even though he got assists, he was not good in this game. He had five turnovers. And, and you know, Fucevic had four turnovers. He was not good for that reason, too. Five of the Magic's 21 turnovers came from their point, starting point guard, Markel Fultz. And again, these were not aggressive turnovers. These were lazy turnovers. Alfred Payton had seven steals. I mean, you, you, like Peyton's opportunistic with his, steal, with, his, with his steals, but you can't let that happen. Not only that, Peyton just got wherever he wanted on the floor too. Fultz was not engaged defensively either. And, and, and that part, again, there were so many things that were unacceptable about this game. That part's just unacceptable. You, you've got to be, I mean, Fultz is a rookie. I, I get it. He's got he's to learn these things. He's going to go through growing pains. He's not going to be perfect all the time. And, I, and I'm fine with that. I'm not giving up on the kid. But this was not a good game. And so much starts with your point guard. And, you know, Fultz has got to learn a little bit better how to manage these games and, and manage this team in those situations. And just it, it just it just didn't happen in this game. And it, it's, dis- it's disappointing because this is a game that the Magic had and gave away. And again, I would say they gave it away. 21 turnovers is, you know, the Magic averaged 12 turnovers per game. You know, pace neutral, you know non-pace neutral. So, so you know, they, they, they play a low, low rate, but... If the, this Magic team is turning the ball over more than 13, 14 times, they're probably going to lose because the margin for error is that small. And to have your starting point guard turn the ball over five times, again, your three of your key players turn the ball over a lot. Fucevic, four. Fournier, three. Fultz, five. The Magic have got to had to be better on turnovers. you got to hope that they're smarter than that. They're going to play a tough tough team with turnovers on, on Saturday. Fultz has got to be better. It's got to start with him. And, and, and I think he's got to kind of refocus and redouble his efforts defensively. Aaron Gordon also had a nice game, 16 points, 7 for 14 shooting, 4 rebounds, 5 assists. Um, struggled with Julius Randle. Um, that's a tough matchup for him because Randle's such a big guy. Um, you know, got some good stops, but Randle got him a few times as well. Um, you know, Gordon's defense is, honestly, it's, it's really slipping. He's, he's allowing a few too many blow-bys for my, for my liking, especially because we know how good of a defensive player he is. But I will say this, it's good to see him have another good scoring effort. Um, a lot of it coming in the second half. He struggled in the first half a lot. Um, but he's, he's starting to come around, I think, offensively a little bit, which is, which is a positive sign, I, I feel. So um, I'm not, I'm, I'm happy with where Gordon seems to be progressing, that it seems to be coming a more regular thing that he is uh, scoring more effectively and efficiently for this team. So I, I, I would say that that is at least a positive sign. Um, Evan Fournier also with 16 points, only three for seven shooting. He got to the line for eight of nine free throws, so did a good job getting to the line. Um, three turnovers, though, for him. Five fouls. Again, just poor defensive effort all around from the Magic. I, I don't need to say much more than that. Last guy I want to talk about, Terrence Ross. Ten points, six rebounds, two, uh, one steal, two blocks. So did some nice things defensively, but... Three for thirteen shooting, one for eight from beyond the arc. He took a really bad three with the Magic down by down by uh, uh, four, I believe, uh, late in the game. Um, just again, just bad shot choices. I know he has a green light. I know that he can hit shots, but consistently he is shooting this team out of games. Um, and and I think a lot of it is just because they're quick rush shots. They're shots coming off those pin downs, and when he's not in rhythm, those are bad shots. I, I don't care what whether they're good looks, whether the looks that he's made before. When he is not in rhythm, when he is not feeling it, I mean, I don't mind a heat check early in the game, but if he's not in rhythm, I don't want him taking those shots. I want him 
focused on spot-ups and, and trying to attack the basket or trying to use his gravity to get others open. Teams are clearly keying in on him, so there are other opportunities to get rather than feeding him the ball and just letting him shoot off of screens. He, you know, late in games especially, he is just taking really, really bad shots. I mean, and that's the that's only way I can describe them. They are bad, bad, bad shots. Um, and and Ross has got to be better, just plain and simple. I mean, he's got to make shots. That's, 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 his, that's his big thing. But the quality of his shots needs to improve as well. And it's just, you know, you know I, I rarely, when I'm watching a game live, get frustrated. When Ross took that shot late in the fourth quarter, like you knew he was taking it, you knew it was a bad shot, and you knew it wasn't going in. And, and I, 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 you know, everyone's frustrated with this team right now. And, and, and you know, honestly, I would say Ross is at least at the, at the heart of some of my frustrations with this group. Um, Orlando shoots 45.3% from the floor, 9 for 31 from beyond the arc. That's 29%. They get to the line for 26 to 30 free throws, so good signs. Offensively, you know, honestly, I know they didn't score a lot of points. I know they didn't shoot that well. The offense wasn't the issue for me. I thought the Magic moved the ball fairly well, 22 assists on 34 field goal makes. Um, you know, their, their biggest issue was turnovers, was attention to detail. And, and attention to detail problems, you know, simply cannot happen with this team. The Knicks shoot 46.7%, just 6 for 20 from beyond the arc. 13 of 19 from the foul line. They get 10 offensive rebounds. They score 20, you know, 24 points off, uh, 22 points off the Magic's 21, or, uh, turn, uh, 17 points off the Magic's 21 turnovers. Orlando did a good job forcing turnovers themselves and scoring off those turnovers. 22 points off 14 turnovers. So good signs there. But the Knicks just, the Knicks just beat their defense. Um, you know, I, I, fourth quarter, just giving up that lead, you know, the way they gave that up, unacceptable. Too many offensive rebounds, too many just mistakes, too many errors. You know the Knicks deserved to win. They they picked up. They 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 made the plays they had to to get the win. The Magic opened that door wide open for them, and and that's that's simply simply unacceptable. The New York Knicks defeat the Orlando Magic one hundred five to one hundred three again. The Magic back in action Saturday against the New York Knicks. One other piece of news to get to before we before we talk about uh, kind of big picture issues here. Um, the Orlando Magic did make one move at the trade deadline, acquiring James Ennis for a second-round pick. That second-round pick coming from the Los Angeles Lakers in the Talon Horton-Tucker trade. So that pick's going to be in the late 50s. Um, the Magic, you know, I think a lot of people wanted the Magic to make a big move. And like I said on, on previous podcasts, the conditions to make a big move just weren't there. Orlando was never going to get back... Um, the kind of quality of player that they needed, just look at what the, the Pistons got for Andre Drummond. Um, the, the Magic were never going to get back the quality of player that they wanted for Evan Fournier. Um, they, you, 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 were, you very rarely see a deal like we saw yesterday between the, the Timberwolves and Warriors with Andrew Wiggins and D'Angelo Russell where two long-term contracts get traded for each other at the deadline. And the only reason that happened, I think, was because you had a very motivated Minnesota team to get that deal done specifically. Uh, and two teams that are out of the playoff race, essentially. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I think that that was, some, that was some rare conditions to create that kind of a trade atmosphere. The atmosphere for the, for the Magic to make that kind of a deal was simply not there. Um, I, I think that the Magic wanted to get back some real return. They wanted to get back someone who could help them win now and, and fit into the rotation, especially if they're going to give away a big rotation player. Um, but they also wanted some long-term help. And, and I don't think teams were looking to make those kinds of deals. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's there's a report from Mark Stein that said the Magic had inquired about uh, Kelly Oubre with the Suns. I imagine the Magic were trying to uh, trade Evan Fournier in that deal. 
And I imagine the Suns countered and said, no, we want Aaron Gordon. And the Magic aren't willing to, weren't willing to trade Aaron Gordon. You know, maybe that would have changed if the Magic were healthy, if the Magic had Al Farouk Aminu, if the Magic had Jonathan Isaac. But without both of those players there, the Magic cannot afford to trade Aaron Gordon. So again, the conditions to make a big deal were not there. Um, you know, we'll see what happens in the summer. You know, I don't anticipate the Magic uh, would, would re-sign Evan Fournier if he opts out of his contract. And so, yeah, the Magic probably lose him for nothing, which, you know, is both good and bad, I think. Um, you know, and certainly I think the Magic will look to make kind of bigger deals in the summer where teams are more likely to make these kind of big changes because then they have a full offseason to plan for them and kind of get get a grasp on the players that they have. You know, you don't see a lot of big, big, big changes mid-season unless you're a tanking team or a team that's essentially given up on the season, which the Magic have not. What the Magic did do, however, was they did do a move on the margins. They picked up a player in James Ennis who can provide some depth and some shooting to the team. He's shooting about, he's a career 35% three-point shooter, shooting about 34% from three this year. He's playing about 15 minutes per game, averaging around five points per game. Um, you know, people were joking that this is the big move the Magic needed. You know, those people are just trolling at this point. At this point, um, The Magic wanted to add depth. They wanted to add a player that could contribute a little bit to the playoff run. Um, and, and, and that's what James Ennis is. He's not here to save the team. He's not here to save the season. He's just here to add a little bit extra to kind of maybe give them a little nudge up the hill. Um, it's still going to be down to Nikola Vucevic, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, all those guys to play really, really well. Um, but Ennis is a guy that, that again, helps the team in a place that they need, um, can, can fit perfectly into the team system. He's a guy that very much checks off a lot of boxes for the Magic. He's a solid defender, good wingspan, there's that word, um, and a decent three-point shooter. Um, he's not here to change a team. He's not here to, to drastically alter things, but he's here to just add a little bit a little bit more of something that the Magic really didn't have or, or don't have enough of. And so um, I, I think that this is a good move. This is the kind of move that I expected. I was, I was kind of hinting that if I thought the Magic were going to do anything, they'd, they'd trade Ken Birch for, for some bench help as well and, and look for a stretch four. And I think that's honestly the place where I thought the Magic probably needed to make a move is to find a stretch four somewhere. Um, you know, maybe may, uh, right now it looks like Gary Clark's probably going to stay for the rest of the year. Um, they they just didn't have that. They that, that that avenue just wasn't open to them, and so and so um, you know, with that avenue kind of closed off to them, they uh, I, I believe that they that they you know went out and got something to help. Um, you know, we'll see how much it helps, and it's a pretty low cost. He's only paid about a million dollars. He's got a player option for next year. So it, it's it's not going to hurt the team long term. It's it's a it's a nice move. Um, I, you know, I, I we'll see if it works out. I think in theory it works, but we'll we'll see if it works out because you know right now you know this team is certainly a team in flux and a team and and a team in in need of some change and, and in need of some 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 major thinking about which direction they're going. But right now, honestly, none of that matters. And 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 I think that's that's the point that needs to be made here for the rest of the season. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. 
That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who could help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. A loss like Thursday night's loss certainly does put a lot of things kind of into perspective. Um, I think that I think that one of the problems that 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 face kind of NBA fandom um, in the modern era in, in this era is that the games don't always feel like they matter. Um, you know, I feel like I'm gonna, I'm about to talk about something here that that we've talked about over and over and over and over again and, and and we've all kind of come to a lot of the same conclusions and 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 I feel like some and some of the discussions I have with fans once that conclusion is reached the games don't matter anymore and and in fairness that the trade deadline does bring a lot of these questions into focus you know the trade deadline is a is a time to think about the team's future it is a time to think about what comes next and how to move the, the chess pieces on the board to set yourself up for the future. And, and that's fine. It absolutely should. We needed to discuss about whether the Magic should keep Evan Fournier or, or what they should do with Evan Fournier and try and extract value. We, we, do need to ask, we do need to ask and talk about how the Magic move forward and keep moving forward. And that's that's fine. That's that's exactly what we should do. And, and honestly, like, I think I agree with a lot of the conclusions people have made. It does feel like this team has reached its ceiling, that they've gone about as far as they can go being a 7th or 8th seed, a back-end playoff team. And this team, at least this year, has underperformed. And making the playoffs won't fix that. Making the playoffs won't change any of those conclusions. We all expect the Magic to make changes this summer. That's... You know, and if they don't, that I think that would be a problem because you know you don't want to be stuck as a seventh or eighth seed. There are teams below the Magic getting better. I I I don't think the Hawks are as good as people think yet, but getting Clint Capella is a very nice move for them. The Bulls, you know, despite their coaching issues, do look like they are getting better, and, and they've been without Laurie Markkinen. And I don't think the Bulls will catch the Magic three and a half games behind them, but Orlando's not helping themselves get any distance right now. And that, and that is a problem as well. The Wizards will get John Wall back, and that will make them better. Inevitably. You know, I don't think Bradley Beal is, complete, is, is on his way out quite yet. So, the Magic certainly can't be happy or satisfied with the group they have. And yeah, injuries have played a role, but injuries aren't going to push the Magic to the sixth seed. And, and I think, you know, while I don't always agree with the championship or bust mentality... You know, I do think the Magic are still growing in the right direction, even if they take a step back this year. I think that there are pieces that the Magic have that can keep growing and keep getting better. And as I've said before, you're not stuck in the middle if you don't, unless uh, until you don't have a way forward. Look at the Detroit Pistons. The Detroit Pistons, what they did at the deadline 
was an admission that they have gone as far as they can. They don't have a way to get better. Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond are not going to get much better. You know, they brought in Derrick Rose. He's not going to get much better, although he's played very, very well. And the Pistons understood, we are not a playoff team, and we don't have a way to get better. They are the team that should be making a fire sale, that should be starting over. The Magic do have a way to get better. They have Jonathan Isaac. They have Markel Fultz. They have Mo Bamba. They have Aaron Gordon still at 24 years old. They have ways to keep getting better. So this team might have reached its ceiling. But to me, this franchise has not. In fact, I would argue this franchise is ahead of schedule, perhaps even a little bit of a victim of their own success and slowing down maybe the moves that they they have to make. But those moves are coming. And none of that matters now. The trade deadline is done. There's no chance to make those kind of maneuverings anymore. The team the Magic have are the team they are for the 2020 season. And 50 games in, we can make some conclusions that they are a capable team, but not good enough, perhaps, to beat the best teams. Or not consistent enough to beat the best teams, but consistent enough to make the playoffs. We can see a team that has not lived up to its expectations, to its to 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 what the best version of itself yet. And maybe that will come, maybe it won't. But that's the goal for the rest of the year now. The goal for the rest of the year is to make the most of the roster you have, to get the most out of this team. And that's going to be a test for Steve Clifford. That's going to be a test for Nikola Vucevic. That's going to be a test for Evan Forney. That's going to be a test for Aaron Gordon. That's going to be a test for every single player on this roster to find a way to come together and make the most of the rest of this season. There are no more trades to make. There are no more moves to make. This is your group. Maybe that pressure will relieve them a little bit. It certainly didn't Thursday night against the Knicks. As it did last year, when after the trade deadline, the Magic went on a tear. And the Magic played their way into the playoffs. But the way March looks, the Magic certainly are capable of doing that again. But the bottom line is, now the Magic have to rely on themselves. There's no help coming. There's no change coming. The Magic are too good, too good, to even think about turning backward. In fact, as I said before, if this Magic team misses the playoffs, that is a massive, massive failure that deserves moves bigger than the ones that any of us are probably thinking. This is a playoff team. Regardless of what you think of the Eastern Conference playoffs, this is a playoff team. But this is a team that is also grossly underperformed, and it's not just about the injuries. They have grossly underperformed. And now they have to find a way to make the most of what they have left, of the 30-some-odd games they have left. Now they have to find a way to make that push to seventh. Honestly, that should be the goal. Finish seventh. Squeeze out as many wins as you can to try and get to 500, maybe. I mean, that, that would be exceedingly tough, but not impossible. Right now, the goal is make the most of what you have. And the most of what we have, you know, objectively, is, is that. A team that can still finish, a, finish around 500, a team that can finish 7th in the East, a team that 
hopefully can take a game or two in the playoffs, can give a real series, can be competitive in the playoff series. But at this point, that's all wishful thinking. That's not the team they have shown themselves to be. They have struggled to play against quality opponents. They have struggled to be consistent defensively, to do the things that they know they must do to win. It's it, the, the formula for this Magic team is not hard. On offense, it's move the ball, keep the ball in motion, keep the defense moving, and find pockets to attack the basket. On defense, it's being solid defensively, working together, rebounding the ball, forcing turnovers and getting trying to get transition points. And again, the Magic haven't followed this formula consistently enough this season, and that's why we're sitting here disappointed with what, what they've done. Maybe we didn't expect the team to compete for home court advantage or to finish sixth or anything like that, but we certainly expected them to look a whole lot better than they have this year. Andres have played a role. This team's margin for error is still small. There are always going to be changes and adjustments this team needed to make to take that next step. But that next step is now in the summer. And I know I said I expected them to come in the summer. That was never to delay the, the inevitable. Again, like I said, I never felt like the conditions to make a trade were at the deadline or a major trade at the deadline were present. But now those moves and all the thinking about what comes next, it can't happen now. It's going to have to wait for June, for July, for August. And right now, this team has to understand that they will only go as far as they push this team. They are what the Magic have right now. And the goal remains to make the most of what they have left. Before we close out today's podcast, I know it's been a little bit long and a little bit late, but I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Magic is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Magic fans. I hope I shared some of that passion. And, and, and I know there's lots of fans out there that share the same passion and frustration that I've just shared today. But unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Magic fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at PhilipRR_MD. Find the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Uh, you can, again, find me on Twitter at philiprr__md. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Locked on Magic and Orlando Magic Daily, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.